a bounce back Phoenix Suns win with DeAndre Ayton back in the lineup. Overtime against the Portland Trailblazers will break that game down. And as the NBA trade season fully officially begins with more players allowed to be dealt now than ever before, we'll talk about the latest on Jalen Smith. All of it coming up right away on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, covering the Suns the past five seasons as a credentialed media member. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. We are everywhere YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you listen, wherever you watch, well, namely YouTube. We are there, and the best way to support the show is to just keep doing exactly what you're doing, which is watching and listening and supporting that way. So thank you for doing that. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns. Follow me at BrendanClean14 to keep up with everything we are doing. One quick housekeeping note before we get into the Suns' win over the Portland Trailblazers and all things trades. We are the Valley. Towel from last year's postseason run could be yours. We're making our way quickly to 750 subscribers over on the YouTube channel. If you have not already done so and you are finding us for the first time or you have just been lazy, I will uh, give you the benefit of the doubt and allow you to just go ahead and do that now because the giveaways are still coming. So go ahead and help us out that way. That's the number one thing you can do to help grow this show more than you already have just by listening and watching, like I said. But on that note, Today's show is brought to you by Truebill, the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need, and you can even negotiate better deals on the ones you want to keep. Tonight's game, we always start with the big takeaway. My big takeaway from this one, there's a lot. I want to talk about the matchup in the next segment. Um, And we've already seen these teams play once, and I think we did see some of the same things. So I don't think that's quite what I would say my number one takeaway from this game was. So I'll actually go in a different direction rather than breaking down the, you know, piece by piece type of chess moves that we saw is actually to just narrow in on the biggest show on the floor tonight, which was the, uh, the, the DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul pick and roll. What's funny to me about watching this team so far this season, and maybe especially you could say while Devin Booker has been hurt, and it sounds like he's targeting a a return as no earlier than the Lakers game next week, so we're still going to be watching this team without him for a little bit longer, is, you know, heading into the year, we thought, and we talked a lot about everybody who covers this team, likes this team, roots for this team, that... You know, after that finals run, we were going to have to see Bridges, you know, Aiton, Shamit, even maybe Cam Johnson, maybe even Cameron Payne. Somebody was going to need to step up and be that reliable third option. What's fun, what's been funny to me watching this team, and I was sort of coming to realize this as I talked through it more heading into the year, is that. Maybe that was never the right way to look at it. And maybe the more accurate way to look at it was that they weren't going to get better by having some something new or somebody new materialize out of 
you know, effectively thin air, something that they just did not have in their arsenal last year, just suddenly being there. Me, that 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 doesn't seem like what we are going to be getting. What I think instead we're going to be getting in this game showed is that what they're already great at might just become greater or darn near perfect. And that's what I think you really saw in this game. Yes, the numbers bear it out. 21 and 13 or 28 and 13 for DeAndre Ayton, 24 and 14 for Chris Paul to go with eight rebounds for Chris as well. Those numbers show, I mean, 52 points, 21 rebounds and 15 assists between the two of them. By far the two best players on the floor for the Suns, probably two of the three best players in this game outside of Damian Lillard. And that all is well and good, but it was the dynamic way that they were able to punish Portland um, that really stood out. And and doing so with both of those guys playing an incredible amount of minutes for Chris, the um, it was back-to-back nights for DeAndre. It was the, his first game back after apparently losing 10 pounds. And so uh, from his from the flu that he that he's dealing with, and and the way that we saw them be so dynamic was we've seen teams repeatedly from the back half of last season through now blitz Chris Paul when he really has it going or even to start games just to get the ball out of his hands to limit the damage that he can do getting a defense into rotation. It's just saying it's not going to be you, Chris Paul, is basically what blitzing does and that's just having the ball the big man come and show out on the ball handler and you know usually unless you have a really quick player like a Kemba Walker or a Damian Lillard or a Trey Young the natural response to that on the part of that guard is to give the ball up and so we saw some threes early where Chris was able to just get the ball out to guys and have them score make those threes. We also saw Chris himself a little bit more aggressive getting inside, but then the real adjustment came, especially in that second half, which on both sides was just incredibly high level basketball. I mean, this was a really, really awesome game. And what the big chess move for the Suns was after the blitzing had played out was we're going to give the ball to Ayton on the short roll and see what happens. And what happened was he answered the call in a huge way. I mean, I think this was maybe one of the more complete games of DeAndre Ayton's entire career when you consider he was his typical self on offense, deterring shots and rebounding and, or I'm sorry, on defense, deterring shots and rebounding and executing different coverages. But then he also was able to catch that ball a little bit further from the basket than we normally see him do. And either one dribble into a dunk or a layup, which is true Amari Stoudemire. This this was the most Stoudemire game we've ever seen from DA, I think. Or, like we've seen him do a lot recently as well, go to that floater if he can't get all the way to the basket. Or dish the ball out to a shooter and have Chris sort of get that hockey assist and, and the ball gets over to an open perimeter player anyway. And that was really the big thing, is those guys being able to adapt to what they were seeing from the Portland defense, adapt to the rhythm of the game and the moment-to-moment flow and kill 
every single time down the floor. Get an, a, gr a great shot every single time down the floor. And in so doing, reaffirm what I said a minute ago, that this team may not necessarily take another step forward or improve overall by way of somebody new doubling their scoring average or doubling their usage rate. But maybe what we're going to see is the great things that already made this team special just being that much better. And that pick and roll tandem was just the latest example. I also want to talk, as I said, about the uh, the matchups. What, what we learned from these two teams playing each other, because I do think Portland is a team where, yes, they're below 500, but for some reason... They are one of the more interesting and potentially challenging matchups the Suns could face. So I think it's worth taking a minute now that we have seen these two teams face off a couple of times now to look a little bit more closely. First, I want to tell you about Stance. Stance is a holiday reward, a holiday tradition, I guess you could say, for me, because I love Stance socks and what else? Shorts, um, all kinds of socks. Honestly, basketball. If you're if you're somebody who likes to get out there and play, or just comfy stuff for around the house. And I'm not gonna lie to you. A lot of the time, I don't spoil myself during the rest of the year. But during the holiday season, I'm feeling a little bit nicer. Or uh, those prices speak for themselves. And stance is something I always come back to. They not only though are affiliated with the NBA. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. So again, for me, that's going to mean the NBA a lot of the time, but there's also Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, The Office, all different apparel collaborations with all sorts of pop culture powerhouses. I love the socks, like I said, whether it's something thick just to get a little bit warmer during the winter or it's something to go out, exercise, get up and down the court in. They get it all covered and they're all so comfy. Stance believe that the perfect fit matters more than just fitting in, that those who feel good do good. So go see her for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com, S-T-A-N-C-E.com, and get 15% off your first purchase when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Blowout win early in the season, and now this overtime... I'm sorry, a blowout win for Portland, now a an overtime win for the Suns, and a lot to learn from these two games. I spent a lot of time talking about that first one, and the thing that I really came away thinking, and remember back then, the first week of the year, CJ McCollum was still healthy, and he was, um, he was destroying the Suns in that game. Now he's dealing with this collapsed lung and it sounds very bad. So <laughs> very different without him in the lineup. But the point back then was I felt like the Suns just didn't have the answers. They didn't have the ability to, with McCollum, Powell, and Dame all on the floor, the Suns just didn't have the, 
the tools to, to guard and contain all three of those players at one time. And that's probably still true, but McCollum wasn't in tonight, and Lillard picked up the slack, and that's where I think things get interesting. So obviously one part of the chess match that was going on was how Paul and Aiton adjusted to that pick and roll. I talked about that in the last segment. The other part, though, was on the other end of the floor what the Suns were doing against Damian Lillard. I mean, this really, you hate to oversimplify things, but between Lillard and Simons, this was just a, and then obviously on the other side, Paul and Payne, this was really a point guard versus point guard type of game. It just, it just was. It ended up playing out that way. And so the other end of the floor ended up being a lot of how the Suns were trying to guard Lillard and, and the different things that they were trying there. So we did see some zone from the Suns. We saw some differences in terms of pick and roll coverage in general. I talked about Aiton always being so locked in at executing those depending on what the team wants to be doing. So early we were seeing Aiton drop down a little bit like he tends to start games out doing all the time with Mikhail Bridges on Lillard going over the screen, which is a pretty standard coverage. It's the one we see the Suns do all the time. It's probably the most common in the NBA right now as far as a base coverage. But what we saw after that when Lillard started to really punish that and make those threes and set up his teammates with that extra bit of space they were giving him was that Aiton came up and was blitzing Lillard, just like the Portland Trailblazers were doing to Chris Paul. But where things got especially interesting to me, because as you can expect, Lillard has seen blitzing before. He has seen the big man in his face when he comes off of a screen, but really he was still able to burn Mikhail Bridges. And that's where I want to turn in terms of this matchup because even with McCollum out, you saw the you saw the difficulties. You saw the ways in which Portland's ball handling smaller guards, which pose their own challenges for that team, especially on defense. But in this case, the Suns perimeter players and their wings are bigger. And so even just that, that little bit of obvious size difference challenges the Suns. Bridges has never, outside of, I remember one game, it was this calendar year, but it was last season in February. It was one of the first games, I think, where fans were able to come into the building and Bridges was able to shut Lillard down pretty effectively. But it's like the only time I ever remember it, this game was was, uh, was no exception in terms of Bridges struggling with that. And I don't think it's necessarily a surprise because I think what you really need to do more than anything against Lillard is get him off. It's kind of like how they say with a quarterback where it's like off schedule, right? You know, if you can make the quarterback hesitate, if you can make him run out of the pocket, that tends to do a a lot to get them out of their comfort zone and and you're going to be more likely to beat the great quarterbacks if you can do that. Similar with Lillard, and I think the best way to do that for him is to physically get him out of sorts, right? I just sort of body him, you know, make him feel you coming off of those screens, make him feel you when he's driving to the basket, make him feel your hand in his face on a three, and I don't necessarily feel like Bridges necessarily is the guy to always do that. He can get a hand in your face, sure. He'll be in your your sight lines most of the game because he has that ridiculous length and IQ, but he's not going to 
push you off of your spot necessarily. Um, you know, if, if you're, if you have the handle and the shot and the driving ability that Lillard has and, and that athleticism and quickness, that he's just the full package. And I don't think Bridges can, can really handle all of that. So what we saw late in the game is that Monty mixed things up. He had Cameron Johnson for a lot of the end of the regulation period of the fourth quarter guarding Lillard. He actually closed the game outside of the last 30 seconds. Cam Johnson was in for over Mikhail Bridges for most of crunch time in this game. And then in overtime, actually, we saw Jay Crowder be the guy getting some, some looks checking Damian Lillard. So Monty opted for that bigger player. I would say relatively successful. We saw... Lillard at the end of regulation turned the ball over when Crowder was on him, just, you know, bumped into Crowder and lost the ball. We we just didn't see Lillard. I mean, they only scored five points in, in overtime and missing free throws, and it just was ugly. Their offense didn't click as well, and then overtime's weird. I'm not going to say that was entirely just because of Jay Crowder and Cameron Johnson, but that was what Monty wanted to do. And it worked, and I think we would. I think we will see it more if this matchup were to play out in the first round or something like that down the line. Maybe even just the next time these teams play each other, because they do tend to bring the best out of out of one another for some reason. Booker and Lillard have had a lot of duels. Obviously, no Booker tonight. Things might be a lot different if he's out there. But it is just that defensive manipulation that that is continued across both of the matchups now this year, and and it's going to continue because there's just simply. Not enough of the types of wing defenders on this Suns roster that you want to defend all of the types of wing scorers and guard scorers that Portland has. Last but not least, I wanted to just give a tip of the hat to Monty Williams, not only for that adjustment, but for having Cameron Payne close this game over Landry Shamit. I think that that is something on Thursday against Washington or on Sunday night against Charlotte, the Suns' next two games, that we would maybe see because Shamit has been pretty poor on just about everything outside of team defense and three-point shooting. And not to say that that's not plenty good, but without Devin Booker out there and when teams know that you are going to be struggling if you are run off the line, he has been in uh, out of sorts a little bit. And so we saw Cameron Payne out there to juice the offense, to give that little bit of energy. It definitely worked, and Monty deserves a lot of credit for that. Shifting gears, though, we heard not only from Sham Sharania of The Athletic, but Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report reaffirming that the Suns are looking to be quite active dealing Jalen Smith and connecting them back to Thaddeus Young. So I'll talk more about why the process here may have hurt the Suns, but why I do still think this deal could be happening sooner rather than later. First, though, a quick word from Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season for with more props, odds, and lines. Than ever before, as football continues its march to and through the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action all season long and into 2022. So head to their new updated desktop site or mobile app, make an account today, and when you do, use the promo code LOCKED ON when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code LOCKED ON when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. From basketball and football to boxing and UFC, even to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers throughout 2021 and into the new year over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to make a bet. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. 
This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, and covered in chocolate. But of course, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and stuffed with protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Built Bar gives you that extra feel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle the holiday shoppers, or give you that power to deal with endless shopping lines, give you that extra something that you need to keep growing. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you might need it, and enjoy. If you want to cozy up with something warm, here's a little holiday secret courtesy of the good folks at Built. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it, but be sure to keep a couple of napkins on hand. Built.com is the place to go. New flavors all season long, new deals heading into the holidays, and you're going to get all of it, take advantage of all of it with the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Trade season is here. When most of you listen to this on Wednesday, the NBA, I believe the number is 84% of the NBA will be available to be traded. Up from 66, I believe. That are available right now. And basically you're looking at the only people who are not eligible to be traded. I think there's some some sorts of one-year contracts. And mostly it's the guys who have just recently signed new contract extensions. For example, on the Suns, Mikael Bridges and Landry Shamit. Those players cannot be traded. Same thing with Bradley Beal. I believe those guys as well. Anybody who has a contract um, that... Or I'm sorry, Malcolm Brogdon is what I meant to say. Bradley Beal could be, but will not, for all intents and purposes, be dealt. It's those people who have the looming contracts hanging over them. One such player who does not have any of those restrictions is Jalen Smith. Another such player is Thaddeus Young. And both Sham Sharania and Jake Fisher linked those two players together. Today, once again, reheating rumors we had heard dating back all the way to Summer League. The point that I wanted to make on the whole process here is one that I've been making before because uh, one that I've been making throughout the entirety of this rumor mill, uh, rumor season, I guess you could say, which is if you think back all the way to summer league, the Suns clearly had a plan to showcase Jalen Smith, right? They put him in the starting lineup. They let him play in summer league, even as a second year player, they featured him. He was playing all sorts of minutes. He was getting the ball. He was taking almost 20 shots a game. He was driving through, you know, traffic and, and making stuff happen. He was taking a bunch of threes. He's, you know, handling the ball, all this stuff. They clearly wanted to show him off. Well, it seemed to not work. He got his all summer league team honor and then nobody wanted to trade for him or seemingly the Suns just didn't get a deal done that they liked. But then they declined his fourth-year option, and they just refused to play him. There was the one game the day right before they declined the option where he played, and it looked pretty solid in, you know, 10 or so minutes. And then, of course, the Celtics game on Friday night of last week where they were pressed into action. Same thing against the Clippers on Monday, the episode, the the game that I did not do an episode about because I was driving home from Monday Night Football. And he's looked pretty good. So my question is, why not give him a little bit more minutes when 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 you have the opportunity, rather than an Ish Wainwright or even an Alfred Payton, and show him off? I don't get why not. 
I truly don't get why not because I can't imagine he would hurt your team so badly that you would just be losing games as a result of playing him. That seems unlikely. And you can probably bet that the more film that teams got, the more excited they might be because at the very least, we know that this version of him, the little development that we have seen is consistent energy. And for the most part, especially when he's playing center, rotating and executing defense at least enough for a player that is effectively a rookie. So I don't get why they did it that way, but maybe that game, a couple of games this past week while Aiton has been out with the flu or just the promise of what people saw at Summer League seems to have reignited some interest in him around the league. Jake Fisher's report over at Bleacher Report, uh, I'm sorry, actually, that was the Shams report at The Athletic, very much indicated that a deal could be coming soon which backs up the points that I've been making, which as anyone watching this team can tell, they need bodies. They need people who can play basketball for them and preferably good ones. And the Jalen Smith token is really their only path to making a trade. They obviously are also have Dario Saric, who they could make a deal on. They also could trade Jake Crowder, maybe Cam Johnson, very unlikely in my opinion, but it's probably Smith and or Sharich and or Picks is what we are looking at. And so if they need those bodies now and there are teams looking to make deals now, I think we might see one soon. I don't know if it'll be Wednesday, but I think it could happen relatively quickly. And that brings us to Jake Fisher's report, which was the one that relinked Thad Young to the Suns and uh, actually went and went went so far as to put the interest in both directions by saying not only are the Suns interested in Thaddeus Young, which we've known for a long time, but the Spurs might actually also have interest in Smith as a rehabilitation project. So that's an obvious deal. Just to reiterate where Thaddeus Young is, he's been in and out of the Spurs lineup. It just doesn't seem like they're committed to playing him, which makes a whole lot of sense. They are rebuilding and retooling and giving minutes to their young guys, Keldon Johnson, etc. But Thad, despite all of that, is shooting a nice percentage from the field. He is picking up where he left off as a playmaker in that Spurs system, which does mirror the Sun system in a lot of ways. He is not taking any threes, which is in true Popovich form of the past couple of years. But he is still, relatively speaking, creating turnovers on defense, rebounding on the offensive glass, he looks like the guy that he's been the past few years. Is it is it Philadelphia Thad Young where he's a great athlete and doing all this or even Indiana Thad who became just a really sound defensive forward? Probably not. He's going to be a backup. He's he's more of a of a big man than a wing, but I still think he he fits in and he probably fills somewhat of that Dario Saric role, maybe a little bit. He's he's not a perfect one-to-one comparison for the, for Saric or for Tory Craig, but he probably does enough of what each of those guys do that it could work out if you do the deal in a way where you still have a buyout, or I'm sorry, a roster spot, then you could have another opportunity to add a player via buyout, maybe on the wing a little bit more so than Thad, who again is, is more of a forward and a big man. So that's where things stand. It seems like there's just been so much smoke where it makes me feel like there must be fire in terms of genuine interest on both the Suns and the Spurs side. So that's obviously the most likely deal right now. But I would also say to keep an eye on the Rockets, they have not only Eric Gordon, which would be a little bit of a bigger contract, but they also have, of course, um, 
who am I completely spacing on? Daniel House, Jay Sean Tate, players who I don't know how much of a huge difference that they would make, but they would still at least have something to say about <laughs> playoff basketball. I mean, they're, those two players are both big wings who could defend, and, and that's really the replacement for Torrey Craig that you're probably needing to look at. Um, I don't have a lot of other names because I, I just think some of those bottom-dwelling types of teams, you know, we don't always know who's going to be available. I mean, the obvious thing is is everybody is basically available, but the Pistons and the Magic don't really have players that I think are attractive. And then after that, it's a lot of teams that can convince themselves in the Eastern Conference that they can still win. The Thunder don't really have anybody, so it's going to be interesting. I think that the Suns are in are very much interested in making a deal. We'll just have to see which one comes about. That'll do it for us today, folks. Thank you for bearing with me, missing the episode last night. There wasn't much to recap about that game, so I figured it was an okay day to take off. But I'll be right here the rest of the week. Thanks for making Lockdown Suns your first listen. Keep doing so. Keep coming back. Subscribe on YouTube or whatever audio platform you are on, and I will talk to you tomorrow.